Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature audio from our Expo 2020 panel series. In this episode, Chris Shank leads a panel on world-class production managers, and we hear from business owners about the different technologies they have used to improve the workflow of their business. So welcome to the session, world-class production managers discuss technology. I'm your moderator, Chris Shank. You guys know who I am, I think. Um, Let me remind everybody, we're gonna do something a little bit different, and maybe you've done this in one of the panel discussions, but we're going to curate some of the questions using the app. So if you have the app, you could submit a question in there, and then you can also upvote questions that are submitted. Okay, so what you do to get to that is you go to the Expo app, and you select in the menu the daily schedule. So make sure you select today's class, world-class production managers discuss technology. And then you scroll just a little bit, and you'll see at the bottom, ask a question. You click on that, and you could ask, just click on ask a question. So I'm gonna put a test in there real quick and you'll see it come up. I'm submitting the question right now. You should see that come in in about 10 seconds. And you could, you know, what I'll do is when I see these questions come through, I could just ask some of the questions as we go through. Uh, But you could also upvote by clicking that button and then I'll see, hey, if this gets 10 votes and the others have two, I definitely wanna make sure I make time for that question. So it's a way of kind of us all prioritizing what we wanna hear about because this thing goes fast and we could dig in deep to each one of them individually, so we don't have all that much time. Um, and I got three votes, you guys see that happen, so. All right, um, so please use that, and I'm going to get us started with a few questions, but first I wanna introduce our panelists. Um, oh, and let me mention one thing too, we got the surveys out on the table, and I've been asked a lot like, hey, how do you know which sessions did the best and what we're gonna have back? Well, we determine that based upon your responses to these types of surveys, and it's always hard, it's pulling teeth, I know getting everybody to spend time doing these, so we're just trying to concentrate our efforts at the end of the expo, so please fill that out, and we're gonna draw a winner and announce it at the awards ceremony, and the winner gets $250, so that's kinda nice. So, yep. Uh, If you just, um, that's a good question. I I think what they were planning on doing is if you just leave it in the place, we'll just collect them after the class. So if you wanna make it easy, you could put it in a pile before you leave, like maybe in your, your spot but we'll collect them. Thank you though for that. All right, um, I think that's all I need you to know. Um, Let's get started. So the panelists we have with us, and they're gonna introduce themselves, but we have Matt Orsino on the end there. We have Cameron Johnson here in the middle, and we have Bill Curtindale. So I'm sorry, I should say Matt Orsino with SNL Painting in St. Louis. We have Cameron with Forjack Industrial in Columbus, Ohio. Then we have Bill Curtindale with Skis in Skis Painting. Seattle, okay. So they're gonna introduce themselves and then we'll get started with some questions to just kind of kick this off. We've had the world-class production managers um, panel discussion before. We've actually had podcasts, we've done some webinars. So this is something we'd like to see continue. We've decided to focus on technology. If you heard some of the comments before from some of these gentlemen, um, we'll just get a little bit deeper. Um, Get them to get specific on the problems you're having and they'll engage with each other, engage with you guys. So why don't we start with Matt, um, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit, a little bit about um, your business, years in business, 
location you mentioned, okay. services, size? Yes, uh, Matt Orsino with SNL Painting out of St. Louis. Um, SNL Painting started in 03. Um, we're mostly a repaint company, I'd say 95%. We do some light commercial, uh, getting more and more in the um, contractor business. Um, so that's somewhere we're trying to adapt. Uh, right now we're running about 27 painters. Uh, got a few on the hook, so should be by 30 by uh, spring. Yeah, so I'm Cameron Johnson, uh, Ford Jack Industrial. Uh, company's been around for about 13 years. Um, I've been there with the company for the full 13 years. Um, we are a strictly commercial company, um, uh, primarily uh, large exterior repaints, new construction. Um, we also have a uh, floor coating and, and concrete restoration division. Uh, we have a blasting facility, and we also do some non-mechanical service related items. Good morning. Uh, my name is Bill Curtindale. I'm the director of operations for Skis Painting out of Seattle, Washington. We are primarily, we're 100% commercial company. We have just under 150 employees. Our, our work makeup is broke up into really three sectors. Uh, we're about 40% GC work. 30% uh, of our work is in the maintenance division. Uh, where we do uh, maintenance in large uh, high-rise buildings in Seattle or in hospitals, um, facilities all across the area. And then the rest of our stuff is what we call our just our normal GC market, which is repaints, property managers, things like that. Okay. All right, so let's get this started with some specific questions. And even though I did mention we'll do the app questions, we'll give time for you to raise your hands at the end. But, um, okay, so... Let's talk about technology. What technology are you using in your business to make it more efficient and profitable? So let's talk about planning and scheduling. Let's, like, do you guys use anything for that? Yeah, we started using uh, Estimate Rocket, um, which is, came in real handy for us. Um, it also has a scheduling system um, with the, the estimating system, Estimate Rocket. Uh, it's called Job Rocket, which they're actually trying to get it all into one. Um, really good about that company is they really do listen to to their consumers or painters uh, mostly it's a painting contracting uh, estimating software so they're really trying to uh, make it better every day um, we use that pretty much for everything everything gets sent out to the guys and and it just seems like the communication gap has really closed once we got that um, another we do use a couple other systems uh, with the time time clocking and all that, but it's, it's something where we're trying to get all into one spot. I, I think that's where most of you are trying. We got a bunch of five, six different systems, but trying to get everything into one spot to, to limit uh, the, the chaos. Hmm. Yeah, I think to kind of piggyback off what he was saying, we do not have one integral system that runs everything. Um, we have different aspects that do different things very well. And then we have to kind of mold those into what we can. Um, that's one of our things that we're trying to do is eliminate as many as possible. Um, but at least for the scheduling portion, we use an online-based um, service that uh, you can plug in the schedules. Those schedules then get emailed out, text out, however you have it set up as the, as the end user. So all of our field guys have it set up however they want to receive the schedule. And... Uh, Whenever there's an adjustment made to the schedule, then they are notified as well that either their time changed, location changed, or something along that lines. 
Cameron, I'd like to hear more about that. Um, just, you know, who, is that an in-house product? No, no, it's, a, it's called Humanity. Um, it, it, the, there's, I think, a larger company involved in it, but it, uh, what we use, it's called Humanity. It's all web-based. Um, you can set up all of your employees to have different um, guidelines. Um, foreman can then, uh, once you put a, a project leader or a foreman on a project, then he can see everybody that's on his project by either getting on to the web-based service or there's also an app as well. Um, we used to use the app a lot more for time clock and time tracking, but then we molded that into another service um, that integrates well with some other stuff. So we kind of dropped a lot of that and just using it just for the scheduling. So it, you, you can schedule out as far as you'd like to schedule. Um, we try to schedule, you know, if we can, at least two to three weeks out um, with minimal adjustments, but there's always, you know, something that happens. Um, and it, it goes well with all of our divisions, too. All of our divisions can then go into that same service, and everybody knows, you know, we, we have them all labeled and color-coded um, what division they work for, but if they're working in another division for another, for some reason, either a specialty project or something along that lines, they can kind of see, hey, I'm, I'm going to be working in this division with this crew on this project at this time. So scheduling has always been a challenge for a growing company. Uh, we've been in business for 51 years. When I started uh, almost nine years ago, we had, you know, 48 guys, and we've grown all the way up to 150 guys. And when I started, we had whiteboards that we had all of our jobs, our active jobs on, and, and we'd schedule our guys out. We had a two-week look-ahead on there. And one whiteboard turned into two, and two whiteboards turned into three, and pretty soon we, our whole room was, was whiteboard. And we knew that we needed to do something different. So I built out this elaborate scheduling uh, system that mirrored our whiteboard in Excel, and it was just you know, not automated, way too hard to keep up to date. So we invested and we built our own system. And it, it was a really good system. It's a, it's a web-based system. We had great plans of deploying this out and, and, and having our employees be able to go on and look and see what, you know, the next couple of weeks look like for them. Um, and it, it's been a great tool but it really never got past the superintendent level uh, because of some how, how expensive it is to build your own software. Um, we, were, we were over budget, you know, easily uh, just getting the, the format and, and just getting the visibility on the web base and, and trying to create all the different security levels was a huge hurdle uh, based on the application. So as we've evolved, um, we've almost exhausted our, our current scheduling system too. So we're looking at uh, other options and we're looking either to rebuild the one that we have now or step into another, uh, another type of product. So we're, we're looking at all sorts of things. Hmm. Okay, good. Well, we got a question in uh, and it's, we've been using WorkGlue since it first came out. You guys have heard of WorkGlue, I'm guessing. 
All estimating, scheduling, clocking in and out, all documents are attached to each project. It runs about $300 a month. So let's talk real numbers. What does it cost each of you a month for what you have? And might as well talk about estimating while we're at it. Well, what do you use for estimating? Is it different than what you're talking about? But... Yeah, so the Job Rocket uh, scheduling system is, is uh, right around 450 or something like that. But the whole deal with that is if, if we have that scheduling system, we can put as many guys into our um, estimating system, estimate rocket, as we want. So it's not paying per person. So it's kind of a, uh, you, you get your job rocket, you got to put as many as you want in there, which. Job rocket includes estimate rocket? Yes. Okay. They're, they're kind of, um, so there are two apps, but they're, right now they're including and putting it all together. So it's going to make it easier. Um, what that is definitely the difficult part of scheduling when they're in two different systems. Um, they should go hand in hand. I really think this year the scheduling will be a lot easier. Uh, all our guys, the work glue's great. Has all, uh, kind of everything in one spot. So I, I was been, I have been looking at it. You know, we were thinking about maybe jumping onto that, but SMR Rocket's still, you know, mm -hmm. they're getting better and better, and they're getting ready to offload this new thing in March. And it's going to be a new outlook. Um, I'm hoping that uh, this will solve a lot of our problems. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty hard to put a price tag on each individual system. Um, basically, what we use um, our two major platforms for um, from a project from start to finish is um, uh, we use Pro Contractor on the front end and the back end of every project. So estimating and the billing finances, all of that kind of goes into the pro contractor system. Um, it is a very large, large platform. It's very difficult to navigate. I wouldn't say that we love it, um, but it works for us currently. Um, the other platform that we use um, for operations is FMP. Um, it has a office-based service and also an app and everything can be tracked there. Um, we have our guys clock in and out through, through that system. Um, we job track through that system. We can write change orders. We can have change orders approved. We can do JHAs. Um, there, there's a lot of things that FMP can do. Um, the, the biggest negative, I think, for it is uh, file storage. Um, it's kind of cumbersome when you're trying to load a full package project um, into that app to actually see it in the field. Um, for that, we use, basically, we just use Dropbox. Um, our guys are able to kind of pull into that and, and, and run off of that. So, again, you know, the, the price tag is real hard to, to say. All of our systems, um, at least with FMP and Pro Contractor, are all based on how many users you have. So, yes, there's a you know, a set cost for having the system, but then every user you add, you know, kind of adds a more, you know, cumbersome price tag to it, depending on how you're using it. Yeah, it would be really difficult to, I, we're thousands of dollars a month um, in maintaining subscriptions and our systems and servers and everything else. So uh, we have, you know, some really big robust programs as well. We have, we use Kronos for our timekeeping and our HR modules, and we use Spectrum for our finance and accounting, and then all of our operation stuff, our warboard and, and uh, our scheduling system and the different subscriptions that we use there, it's, it's quite a bit. 
we also have uh, been testing work glue for five or six weeks, so I'm really very familiar with that program now. And um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it does combine quite a bit of stuff. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different programs out there that, that, that try to provide that in our market, and I think that they do a really good job of that. Um, yeah, I couldn't give you a monthly cost um, for all of our stuff because I think you're going to see a similar uh, issue with, and, and I think a lot of you guys experience the same thing, is, is you're really spread out in your programs. A lot of things don't communicate because, you know, there's different departments in your company and, and the different uh, areas. You build all these different programs um, to accommodate the needs of each department. And then the struggle is getting them all to communicate and um, making everything automated. And, and so that's our big push and what we're going for now. Okay. <clears throat> we have a general question coming in. And you guys might have more questions in general about how do you know when you're ready to hire a production manager or ops manager? Um, you know, what, how do you build those job descriptions? But let's get into that in a little bit. Let's kind of stay on the technology piece for just a bit. Um, is there any other pieces of technology you guys use that you haven't discussed? So going through planning and scheduling, communications, estimating, CRM sales, anything that we haven't touched on just to get it out there so people know to ask questions about it. So we use a lot of different technology to help manage our company. Um, you know, we've recently, um, we, we, we use a lot of, I don't know if you guys are familiar with jot forms, but we use a lot of jot forms where we can put an app on your phone and we do all of our safety reporting through jot forms. Uh, we do all of our equipment ordering through our shop through jot forms. And then we have, um, we built an in-house equipment management system. It's an access-based program where all of our equipment is inventoried, and when somebody submits a job form, our shop pulls that equipment, either gets it ready to deliver, gets it ready to pick up, and then we job cost through that uh, system, and we have all of our equipment in there, and, and it has either a daily cost or a monthly cost, and as long as it's checked out, checked out to that job, at, when it's checked back in, we'll send that report off to accounting, and we'll job cost that stuff. So if you have any questions on that. And then we also have fleet management software. And then Kronos is a big deal. Everybody struggles, I think, with time management, clocking guys in, uh, tracking that stuff. So Kronos has been a big deal. We've, we've recently integrated that in the last year, year and a half. We've evolved through different um, levels of exact time and all these things. We, we had job clocks where people clocked in with fobs, and then we went to a mobile device where people clock in on their mobile device, and now we've evolved to Kronos where we can build geofences, and, and we know when and where everybody's clocking in, and that's been a lot better uh, employee management tool. Really, every division that we have has, has really elaborate programs. The problem is getting them consolidated and, and communicating with each other. Uh, yeah, for a lot of you guys that just you know have a couple different systems, maybe you haven't done the time clock in and out system, we use actually, a, it's called Vera Clock. It's an older system, but it, 
It really homes down, uh, it makes it real easy for the guys to clock in and out. It also has the GPS tracking, also will show the different jobs in the area where other people are working. Um, so if you know you get done a little early, you can see, you know get a, get the okay to go to another job. You can easily see which is the closest. Um, that has really worked out well for us with our reports for um, job costing and, and all that. So that's Vera Clock, V E R I Clock. Okay. Uh, we had a question about takeoffs. What do you what do you use? What do you do for takeoffs? We use OST. Um, for for pretty much all of our takeoffs, we also have Blue Beam uh, just to integrate with um, some of our customers and contractors that that communicate or that use that program as well. Uh, we built an in-house estimating system, and that is also an ac access-based system, and um, that you know that has worked through our evolution and and, and growth, but. That too, we're, we're getting ready to move over to uh, quick bid instead of our, our current system. Okay. Um, part of Pro Contractor has um, some, some areas of it that can, can aid in uh, takeoffs, but uh, we also use a lot of Google Sheets for platforms that we've had built for plug and play type attitudes for spread rates and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, Pro Contractor pretty much handles a lot of that yeah like, like I was saying just estimate rockets what we use um, it's kind of the one shop for our, our estimators are getting really well on shortening their times out in the, on the field and able to do everything on site uh, able to get more bids in during the day so yeah estimate rockets where we're at right now I do believe yeah um, anybody who uses work glue does that do takeoffs? It doesn't do takeoffs, right? Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so we've talked about, you started mentioning this, Bill, and I think you guys had um, alluded to it, the integrating it into your business, getting people trained, communicating some of the new technology changes, because it's really a nice idea to have these sophisticated technologies at work, but how do you get those in? How do you make sure everybody's comfortable with it? What about the learning curve? We had a question on that, too. I think that's what other, everybody wants to know about. So let's get to that. Um, what do you think? How do you go about it, integrating new technology in your business? Well, I think the first thing is you gotta take it slow. Um, you gotta take it one piece at a time. You gotta break the system down as much as you can. Slow roll implementation, I guess that's what, you know, do it slowly, um, do it piece by piece. Um, once you get comfortable with the outcome, you know, cross-checking, back-checking, um, those processes, you know, then you can kind of start rolling it out to other divisions, other crews, and you can kind of roll um, those aspects. You may be doing it twice for a very long period of time. And I mean, you know, in some cases, it could be six months that you're working through the entire system uh, to fully roll it out. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that was our approach to it. Um, with, uh, we're running about 80 members right now. Um, so we had to start kind of slow. It was, uh, we had way too many different systems out there. Um, I think before we kind of started rolling in FMP and, and, and Lincoln and Pro Contractor into that, uh, we were anywhere from eight to ten different systems that we were using. So we kind of took one out and kind of rolled this in, and then we dropped another one out and kind of helped, you know, kept adding more information to it and, and back checking and, and going that right. Yeah. 
you got to take it slow. I mean, we're still learning. Um, I think it took about four months to get templates and, and everything under to be under, to understand it. Uh, we do a large training, and we also do individual training. Uh, you got to have the individual training. Um, it, it it's still ongoing. Uh, I got a lot of painters out there just not into technology, and they have to be uh, spoon-fed per se and, and repetitious. Just keep doing it. Uh, they still don't always get it. So, unfortunately, it's just something you're always going to keep doing. I would say one of the biggest setbacks or, or mistakes that we've made is not including all stakeholders in the decision-making process and the implementation of new software, new programs, new systems. One of the most, almost as, as important as selecting the appropriate software and program for your business is the, implement, is the implementation and the deployment process. When you are vetting out a new program and seeing if it's right for your business, I highly recommend bringing in all stakeholders, bringing in each department that's affected by its implementation, and ha having all those discussions before you commit to the program. Once you commit to the program, have an implementation plan. Set it up where you're, you know, these guys are talking about starting slow. Um, phase it out. You know, have a day one plan, and then have a have a you know have a have a phased out process where hey, on day one this is this is how we want it to roll out. The next step is this. Then we're going to add this. A lot of people just try and flip the switch and make everything happen on day one, and it, a lot of times it's a disaster. Um, we've made that mistake before, and then we've also done it really. You know, we've we've had really good success deploying some other programs. Tell me about when you've done it before and there are some setbacks. Um, it didn't work out the way, and you learn from those experiences because that's one of the questions I have: setbacks. Yeah, so I'll, I'll use our war board, our our scheduling board, as as one really good example. So that was a that was a program that um, it, the idea was was birthed in the right in the right way. We all sat down and, and talked about what we needed and and what it should look like. And then um, we had people go to and work with the developers that were never going to use the board. They were going to see it, but they weren't going to use it in their daily process. So a lot of the wasted money and a lot of the reason why we were over budget on that process is because so much work went into this, uh, into the scheduling board going in the wrong direction. And once we all got to the table and all of the users and all of the departments that it was going to impact got to speak into the process, we had to make a lot of changes. And so we had to back up, um, change direction in a couple areas, uh, Change, change processes, and the people that were affected, um, the, the, all the money and effort that we spent going down that road wasn't going to work. I think it could be interesting if you have something that may be a good technology or good product that you're trying to use and integrate, if you have other things confusing it, people may think that that's a bad product, that's something that doesn't work for our company, 
but you rolled it out wrong. You didn't, you miscommunicated, you didn't bring people on board, it was not slow, whatever, whatever it was. But that's really sad to me where you could have something that would take you guys to the next level, but you did it wrong and now it has a, now you do have to go to another technology because it has a stigma and nobody's gonna give it a chance now. That, that's the sad thing. Yeah, yeah. What about you guys? Any, any other, uh, what, let's hear about your failures. Got any, got any fun failures? Because we're, we're going to learn from those. Oh, my, my failures, I'm, I'm going to say it, it's, I'm getting in the way. I'm not delegating. I'm, I'm trying to do it all myself. Uh, you know, once you get in the routine, you, you got to trust your, your, your department to uh, do those tasks that, you know, unfortunately that you've done every day, but you're just never going to grow. You're just stuck in that same position doing all, all everything. And if you don't delegate that out, you know, you're never going to grow in, into the position you should be in. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think kind of off of what Bill was talking about with, uh, with the program, we, we invested a lot of time, effort, capital uh, uh, in a system. Sat down with the developers and said, hey, this is kind of what we want. Um, here's what we're using currently. Uh, we threw a couple of Google Docs at them, and they're like, wow, that's really good. That was definitely not the conversation that we wanted to have, um, knowing that we invested a lot of time into this mm. system up to the, that point of training and trying to implement, and for them to just say, yeah, like your Google Sheets are good enough. Wow. Um, that was definitely a struggle for us to kind of take a step back and go, wow, okay, well, at least we're doing some good things. Um, but it, it was definitely a, a struggle to say, you know, do we want to keep this system around now? knowing that it's only going to do 5% of the 30% we were hoping to get out of it. Wow. So you guys have talked about some things being in development or going after technology that's still being built and maybe being customized. So uh, there may be some pitfalls that people are kind of going through. Because I hear a lot of people do, going through that. Hey, we're developing this thing. We want to use it. We're working with this developer. So any, any thoughts or tips, maybe real quick, about when to go the development route and when to just go with something that's, you know, a complete package. Um. Well, I, I think once you get to the point that you're, you're struggling to maintain however the systems and processes that you're using currently, that's when you're going to need to make that next step. Um, I think that's when you're going to, you know, kind of have to get out of your own skin to a point and figure out, okay, here are the top five things that I struggle with daily. And then you're going to have to start to educate yourself, ask, like the, these panel discussions, this, this whole expo is a good time to ask those questions to see what other people are struggling with, what are they using to help with those problems. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's... Mm -hmm. I agree. We do the same thing. You know, we put out, you know, little cards of the, the areas of the company that, you know, that need to progress and just, just not getting it done. And, and I think that's your starting point is just identifying those trouble areas. And once you do that, then take one thing at a time. Just don't, like they say, don't dive in. Uh, that will create a lot of havoc. Completely. Do your research. Really look at what's out there and available on the market. Um, it takes a significant time to, uh, to do that, but it's well worth it. it we have a mixture of, of you know, custom software and then software that you could purchase 
Uh, we use a lot of free apps too. We use a lot of services from Microsoft and things like Teams and, and we used to use Basecamp a lot. Um, there's a lot of different things out there that you could use. The main thing is integration with other departments and communication. That, that's been the, uh, you know, another area that I think we've struggled with a lot. We have some, some fantastic programs and we have some great things. We have a, we have a full-time IT guy that works on nothing but, you know, communication and, and building uh, little custom apps and custom software for us. Uh, but the communication is the biggest, biggest struggle. And as we look and dig into the different things that are available out on the market, so many of them require you to change your business process and, and your, the, it changes what you do. And we're, we're really not willing to do that. We've been in business for 51 years. We have a way that we really like to do our business. It's, it's successful. So people have dumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into custom software. And it's a really tough decision if that's what you're, what you're going to do. But if you're going to do it, make sure that it integrates all of your departments. Mm, okay, really good, thanks guys. Okay, so a question from the audience here. Um, as a production manager, how do projects get handed down from an estimator to a production manager to know what was figured on the project, how much material, time, et cetera? How do you keep that line of communication from the field to the office? Daily logs? Yeah, so for us, our sales guys, for the most part, once they land, a job, they hand it off. And there's a, there's a handoff process through our job setup. And we have general superintendents. We have five general superintendents, one in our maintenance division and then four that handle the rest of our work. When a job is landed, um, the work order and any documents that go along to support what we're going to need in the field come through a setup email and then it's added to our work in process. At that time, the superintendent takes that and project manages that job from there on out. So they uh, reach out to the customer, get scheduled, they go out and look at the job, they set everything up, and we have, we built a custom program um, in our WIP process where we enter job notes and job updates, and then in our weekly production meetings, we have all of our job notes, um, all of our information, uh, percent complete, and it also has all of the mathematical percent complete. So where you are, hours versus budget, where you are, uh, labor versus budget, where you are, cost versus budget. Um, so that process has worked really, really well for us. Uh, on really large projects, we, we have weekly project meetings and there we have a project manager that integrates into that. Um, and we have a full-time on-site foreman that is not in the tools, they're just doing, they're just managing the job. We still have a senior superintendent overseeing that job and he handles all the manpower and all the scheduling. Um, we don't have our stuff together like Bill does. <laughs> <laughs> We don't. Um, our, our systems do allow when they do get accepted. Um, it does come across my dashboard to get scheduled, which and then I and I plan those tasks. Um, they do get emailed 
Uh, I still use group text, like I was saying, that we don't have all that everything in one spot yet. Um, so the, the work orders get sent out to the crew leaders and lead painters. Now there, our crew leaders are our top production guys and they as well will watch over some of our uh, other lead painters that need some assistance, um, goals and everything like that. But everything is reported back. Um, we usually do a, a crew leader meeting once a month. Uh, actually, now we're gonna be doing it more. Um, we're just learning, we're, we're still learning, we're growing, we're trying not to have those growing pains. So the communication gap, you know, we're getting better at it. So learning from where, we, where our failures were on the projects, what the estimators didn't bid, uh, but it's, it's getting there, not, not where you're at. But. Hmm. Um, I would say for us, every project, every estimate um, that we think is going to be turned into a lead, you know, in, more than just a lead, uh, gets put into a, a Google Doc that we have. It's a huge platform. Um, we call it our job status. And anybody can pull up that Google Sheet and they can get on the dashboard portion of it and know exactly where we stand on that project at any given time. Um, that'll let them know, you know, this person ordered paint, lifts are already on site, um, the crew's already set up, we, we already know our job duration, we know, you know, it kind of fills it in as we go. Um, we're still working through some of those pains and processes there as little things kind of pop up on oddity jobs and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, once it's put on job status, job's approved, and uh, we're a go, that's when the foreman gets notified on their job, on the scheduling. They then know at that point they need to get onto Dropbox. All of the documents will be on there, photos, specs, plans, anything that they need to know about that project um, will all be in there. Um, and then through the rest of the project, then it, it goes through our app-based and, and server-based system on daily reporting, um, percentage done, job costs, uh, job code, you know, cost codes, and, and everything else that kind of gets involved in, in projects. We do some pretty large um, long-term projects as well, so there's a lot of like toolbox talks and safety things that all have to be documented. That all gets put back into there and then it can get shipped out to, um, you know, the GC or whoever, you know, needs to get those documents then at the end. So it kind of all gets funneled into to that system and then um, on that dashboard of, of that FMP program that we use, um, you can quickly get a gauge in the health of every project based on where it stands, uh, at least for how we track it right now is just man hours. Um, you, can, you can pop on daily and say, okay, you know, the project's 75% done, but they've used 80% of their hours. So you can kind of quickly gauge the health of the project you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay, thank you. Very quick question about tracking equipment. Um, so, uh, see here, do you use any specific technology for tracking equipment? I think you mentioned it a little bit. And then what about GPS tracking of company vehicles? If so, at what kind of cost? Yeah, I can take that pretty quickly. We, we have started to implement um, tracking systems in our vehicles. Um, we're, we're testing that out now. It kind of gets pushed around on um, some different vehicles out in the fleet. Um, we are a traveling company, so we go all over the U.S. Um, so we kind of plug and play with different vehicles, and, and it, it's been a really good thing to kind of track the maintenancing of vehicles. Um, it's also 
you know, not the reason why we implemented it, but it also puts checks and balances on the guys driving down the highway on, you know, with, with heavy equipment and big trucks. It um, kind of lets them know, you know, big brother's watching, I guess. But that wasn't the reasoning why we did it. It was a lot just to kind of, you know, track the maintenancing of vehicles, you know, and, you know, God forbid if a vehicle got stolen, you know, we would be able to, to monitor and, and, and know where that vehicle is at, at any given time. Um, for a lot of our equipment, um, we were going to roll, we, we talked at one point of kind of rolling out a GPS system for some of our um, bigger pieces of equipment, spray pumps, lifts, and that sort of thing. Um, we kind of decided not to do that, and we actually just track it through our app. Um, the foreman um, can basically at the beginning of the project says, hey, he's got truck one, two, and three, and pump, you know, six, seven, and eight, and a couple of lifts, and those all have what we call FI numbers, and uh, those are all then job tracked and job cost to each project as well. So once he kind of plugs that on the first day of the project, unless something changes, he doesn't really have to do anything else with it, but it, it kind of helps track our equipment as we go. I'm sorry, real quick, mention costs too on this question, if you don't mind at the end. Did you, did you say anything about costs? Uh, I, re I really didn't. Okay. Um, I, I, I know there's a monthly fee for our, our geo, um, geo tracking on our vehicles. I don't really know okay. the exact expense of okay. each, each bit or each unit. No problem. So, you know, we're a little smaller company and we're growing. We don't have those systems. We're still paper and pen uh, for inventory and, and who's got what. Uh, this is why I'm here. I'm getting these, this stuff from you guys because we do need, as we're growing, need these systems in place. Uh, we do use the GPS, but we're not, you know, it's the honor system a lot of it. You know, it's the guys we hire. It's, it's who we... Well, I think it's important to just don't sell yourself too short because there's people here that's aspiring. I mean, you guys, this is the far end, you know, of like one day maybe, but maybe you're the next step for some people. Right. And um, I mean, you guys are growing. You guys are really doing good. So this is nothing to you sell yourself too short on. But I think it's important for people to see that you don't have those things yet and you're still making it work. So there's not, this is not fear-based. We're not fear-mongering here. Of like, if you don't have these things, then you're not going to be successful. But one day you'll get there, and it's all right, because we have successful companies that still are working towards those products. So anyway, I think it's important. You're completely right. Very successful company. For, but, you know, we just, who's going to yep. do that? Who's yep. going to implement that? <laughs> we, you. We have, you do it all. Right, that plus all that. It does come in time. Yep. We do similar uh, fleet tracking. So we use Verizon Connect, um, and that's been a very good service, and we, we are always going to them and renegotiating contracts and stuff like that. So if you have a good relationship with your uh, sales guy through them, you know, I definitely recommend always, you know, um, having those negotiations and, and stuff. We have a huge plan, so it's hard to break out just what the fleet tracking is because, you know, we have tablets in the field, we have phones in the field, and, and you know, our, our Verizon bill is huge. <laughs> So, uh, but the fleet tracking has been fantastic. So I have an app on my phone that I could pull it up anytime and see where, you know, our fleet is and what's moving, what's not. And then on the desktop, I have tons of reporting that I could do, um, you know, everything from safe driving habits to I can replay what anybody does on a particular day, where they go, what they do, how long they were there. Um, and again, we're not micromanaging it. You know, we give everybody a lot of grace. 
the other thing that it will do is give you some advantages in the insurance side of things. So have that discussion with your insurance brokers. Hey, you know, we, we've implemented this program. Uh, they like to see what your driving uh, policies are, what your training is, um, how you manage your fleet of vehicles and, and what your criteria is for your drivers. Uh, and that'll help uh, in your insurance rate negotiation as well. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this, I, I, and Bill, that may not even be geared towards you as well. Um, it, it's a problem for us on uh, DOT restrictions, um, tracking that, ELDs. Um, I don't know how many people in this room actually have to do that. Um, you know, most of all, actually 90% of our fleet are all considered commercial vehicles. Um, we haul trailers such that um, we are like just under the cusp of having uh, CDLs um, for, for a couple of our pieces of equipment and things like that that have to travel around as well. So mm. I don't, you know, based on, um, there are restrictions, at least I know that, you know, if you're within 100 flying miles of, of your home base, you don't have to go through that process. Um, but I, you know, I, I know for us, most of our trucks are at least F-250s um, or box trucks. Um, and then with us being a traveling company like we are, um, everybody has to go through DOT, you know, go through all the DOT restrictions. So there's, you know, um, paper logs that we currently fill out. We don't have to go with uh, the electronic version, which is the ELD. Um, based on how we do it, um, we're able to kind of fly under that radar, which is good for us because it's super expensive um, to start outfitting those in every vehicle. But I don't know if you have anything that you, you have to do that or if you even need to. Major thing, the major thing for us is we have a fuel truck. Um, so we have, we use um, services to move our booms around. We do own some booms. Um, we also rent a ton of them, but uh, when, we use a service to move our booms, so we don't need it for that. We have scissor lifts that we move ourselves. Uh, the main thing is our fuel truck. So if you guys have a fuel truck and you're going around servicing your projects, really understand the regulations and the rules that go along with that. Um, that would be it. Okay. Uh, questions are coming in, so I'm trying to bridge between what I have for you guys and, and these. But this is a really good one. Maybe it's quick. How do you overcome integrating technology when you have a key employee who is call, causing a roadblock for changing their current ways and moving towards the new platform? So it's a little bit more of a specific focus on a type of integration problem. So, yeah, we do have a lot of uh, older painters you know, that I have a painter still has a flip phone. Um, but guess what? It's hard to find some good painters that do adapt to you. So we will, you know, let it, let him, you know, continue on. We'll help him out. But, you know, I'm not going to change him sometimes. And a lot of people are like, you know, if they're not part of your system, you got to let him go. But, you know, he's a great painter, great customer service. If that's the worst thing, he can't have all the technology. I'll, I'll work with him on that. Yeah. Well, I think there's two things that we do. We try to limit how many people have access to, you know, certain things just so that they're not overwhelmed. Um, you know, th there's education that's definitely involved with it. Um, if, you, if you find somebody that's giving you a little pushback on a system or a process. Um, but at, at the end of the day, you have to have a sit down and it's like, here, this is the direction the company's going. Everybody else is on board. You're more than welcome to join us. 
Um, and if you, if you choose not to, then there's really no hard feelings, but this is, this is going to be the way. Yeah, some of my most knowledgeable uh, people out in the field are the most technologically adverse people that we have as well. So training, a lot of training um, and, and some accommodation. We, we require all of our team members to have smartphones. Uh, because so much of what we do um, requires them to have access to different things. Uh, and you, that's you, been a struggle. Can I ask you, um, do you cover the costs on some of that? We do not cover, we cover the costs on any person that manages work. So all of our lead and foremen and superintendents, uh, the, our normal team members, we do not cover the cost. Okay. <clears throat> was there anything, I kind of interrupted, but was there anything else there? No, I think it, it's, a real, um, it's a real thing to consider anytime you're um, bringing on technology is, you know, if there's going to be somebody uh, in a key role that's going to struggle with it, it's, it's something that we consider every time we look at a new process, every time. So, Bill, when you have those, those employees, you know, they're just not going to adapt and you train and train and train but you know they're great painters I mean what do you let them go after a certain amount or is it something where you're like he's still irreplaceable as a painter it's a great question um, we we now have specific requirements that, that you have to meet and uh, if they can't meet those those requirements then you know they're they're not going to be an eligible employee yeah okay uh, I'm going to ask one of the final questions that I had for you guys. We'll burn through some more on the app, and then I'll open it up just to kind of raise your hands now that we're covering some of the ones that's been prioritized. But um, what's, what's, what are you guys working on for the future? What do you want to grow towards? You may have mentioned it a little bit, but uh, how are you working through the process of deciding what the next piece of technology is, how you're going to integrate it? Yeah, I got a few things that are, that are hot on the list that I'm working on this year. So. Uh, we're working, as I mentioned, we're demoing WorkGlue, and, and that's been you know, a good experience so far. And it, the project management software and integrating to the rest, of our, um, the rest of our departments is key. So that needs to happen. So that's one of the main goals. The other thing is all of our performance management process, we have a, we have a great performance management process and a really good painter progression system. So guys are always growing in our, in our company and, and moving up and, and learning things. We're, we're making that entirely paperless this year. So we're moving um, everything into Kronos. We've, we've built out our um, job descriptions. We've built out all of our performance management. There's, there's a performance management folder where you have all the communication that you've had, any personal action documents, any kudos that somebody's got, um, the, the little check-ins, the informal conversations, we have a place that houses all that information so it's available to you come performance review time. So that's another really good one. And then we're, we're going paperless in the field for the most part. And that's another process that, you know, is difficult. A lot of people have struggle getting away from that. So we're making sure that we have the technology and the training available to our field staff. Uh, to our team members that are out there doing uh, the work every day and giving them the tools that they need. Mm. Thank you. Um, for us, it's going to be a lot more just honing in on what we have already. Um, 
we're, we're trying to make it more efficient, more accurate, um, more user friendly with some things. Um, again, based on, on the company that we have with being traveling, we've actually been paperless for years, um, which has been great. Um, but there's definitely some headaches that are involved with that. But, um, you know, I, I applaud you for going paperless. It's, it's definitely a hard task to get to. Um, but, uh, you know, on the other side of things, it's kind of technology related. We're, we're uh, pushing through a much more intensive training program for ourselves. Um, we have an LMS system right now, um, but we're trying to add to that, make it more robust and, and uh, trying to, to aid in a training program. We are actually focusing on our production a lot this year. Uh, notice that I'm, I'm a production manager, but I'm also doing a lot of others with, with, with the new systems that we have. So we're, we're looking to this year hire some more office help to allow us to give the tools necessary to our, our painters out in the field with their goals and knowing where they're at on time. Uh, I think a lot of that gets put down to the wayside um, when we're running a busy se season and we're just trying to get through the day to get to the next day. Um, so that's what my focus is, is get some office help and, and really focus on production. Uh, I think we lose a lot of percentages out there each year and, and I, I think we can gain a lot. Um, also hiring. Um, we're going to hire all year long. You know, whether we hire you or not, <clears throat> we started a deal this year. And normally we don't even look to hire sometimes until after this trade shows over mm. um, so we, we started early got a hand on some good painters we're doing a kind of deal like we're guaranteeing you 30 hours till spring um, it's one of those risks but you're able to find some of those painters early um, it's it's a risk that has worked out well for us nice okay let's do some rapid rapid fire to kind of burn through a few of these then we'll get some hands um, Real quick, I know, Bill, I think you answered this mostly, but do you guys provide tablets, phones to employees? Which ones? All employees, key employees? Um, yeah, so anybody that's in a key role gets a stipend for their phone usage on uh, any smartphone device. Um, that's foreman and up. Um, and then the foremans are also provided with iPads um, for more of a robust, you know, look through on, on, on our systems, so. Thank you. We actually don't. We don't. I mean, uh, some of the the personnel in the office and stuff they they do get some uh, money for per per phones, but we 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 don't. Besides our salesmen and all that, our crew leaders, you know, they it's their their job. It's their phone. We don't pay on that right now. And that's something that maybe in the future we do, but right now we don't. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what is your primary method of e-communication with employees? Email, text, etc. Yeah, unfortunately, I am still group texting every day and emails. Um, we tried a couple systems. It's tech, getting everybody on board on the technology and getting them trained on how to use it. But now, I mean, we still use a lot of, I text every day and I go searching. It's, it's a, that's why I'm here trying to get out what systems everybody's using. And it, it's, it's difficult. It's well, it's universal, so don't feel too bad. I mean, right. it's, everybody knows how to use it for the most part. It's used right. all the time. It's instantaneous, real time. So don't feel too bad about that. Right. We still text a ton. Uh, yeah. we, we text, email, and, and phone calls. We also c communicate through Kronos. We can send out um, in, uh, blast messages to everybody or, or select groups. Okay. Do you have anything? 
Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, group texts, calls, emails. Um, we, some of our services and apps have like kind of mass text and mass communications, um, which we do use to a point, but uh, you know, kind of ev every division has their own texting group if there's some important information that needs to go out or if there's company-wide information. Um, not all the guys in the field, you know, you know, from foreman and down, check their emails daily. So text, it seems like we've been getting a lot of feedback that that's the easiest and best way to get to most of the guys is just through text. Okay, thank you guys. Um, really quickly, do the sales guys do the estimating as well with you guys? Okay. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's, um, it, it's both, you know, it kind of has to go both ways with it. Um, we, we've get lucky to a point where we have some contracted work where we don't have to sell a lot, um, but there's some headaches that go along with that and scheduling and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, our, our estimators still sell as well. Yeah, same thing with us. We do have some estimator support now, uh, doing some takeoffs and some other things, and we have a project engineer that helps in the job setup process and helps to, in the communication process when we need things, uh, when guys are out in the field and they need quick answers to things, uh, they go right to the project engineer. Hmm. Yeah, estimators, they're, they're selling and they're answering all the questions even through the, uh, our lead painters and crew leaders. If there's a question on the, on the estimate, they go right to the estimator. Uh, they make themselves available to answer those questions. Excellent, thank you. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm gonna save the final question that I would have for you guys from the apps, somebody asked is, if people are looking to hire a production manager or they're kind of thinking towards that robot, would you say advice? But for those of you who haven't been in the app and you can't get in there for whatever reason, you're dying to raise your hand, questions, let's shoot them out real quick. Yeah, so we do have all of our field change orders, um, whatever you want to call them, uh, we, we still have paper there, but what we do is the guys, the guys have them on site, they provide them to the customer and try and get signatures whenever possible. We don't always wait for signatures, but what we do is we use an app called Genius Scan, and it, we scan that uh, EWR or that extra work ticket, whatever it is, and it turns it into a PDF, and we send that to our uh, project engineer who loops in the estimator for pricing, and um, it, if it's already priced, if we have negotiated pricing for any extra work there, then they just uh, submit it um, for a change. Genius Scan. It's an app. You can download it in the App Store. It's free. Works great. Hmm. Okay. Genius Scan. Genius Scan. Um, all of our tickets run through our, our field managing system. Um, it's, it's a little cumbersome to a point. It's real hard for the guys out in the field to fully generate the full ticket. Um, so it, it involves me um, on the office end of it to kind of help generate that ticket. But then there's capabilities for notes, signatures, um, approvals, and, and such that then can get electronically sent back. And then those can get emailed to um, whoever parties need to be involved on that. Genius scan? See, I, I wrote it down. I mean, we still use the paper, AWOs, sheets. Uh, if we do a lot of repaint, so a lot of customers are not at home, so we'll even, you know, take a screenshot or a picture and, and send it to them. Try to get an okay somehow 
through email or text, uh, and then they, they report that to our, our office, which attaches it to you know, when it's time to invoice and everything, so everybody's on the same page. Now, for the GCs, they have to. You gotta, you gotta be on top of it. Otherwise, at the end of the day, they're not gonna pay at the end. Um, it's one of those things we're trying to get better. We don't do the work until we get authorization because it, it, you know, they don't like to pay when you, they're in the dark. Yeah. One thing on that real quick. So using that Genius Scan has improved um, our, our ratio of getting paid for those things dramatically because it speeds up the process so much instead of having paper come in from the field and it might come in at the end of the week or the next week or whatever we get that pricing in front of our customer immediately and and it's improved that a lot well great We use no drones. I'm drone adverse. <laughs> Most everything that we do is in the cloud, which is really under the sea. Under the sea, right? We do have some cloud-based. Almost everything, honestly, is cloud-based to a point. Um, and for the drones, we have we've looked into it. Um, I would say we've tipped our tiptoe into it. Um, there's definitely a lot more that's going to be involved with discussions that we've had, but we've done it um, a lot more for estimating and, and, and uh, job costing and that sort of thing. That's, that's the reason why we've looked into it. Yeah, everything is cloud-based for us. No drones. <laughs> Cloud, no drones. Okay, <clears throat> anybody else real quick? Yes? We're 100% team-based. We, we've used a little bit of subs in the last few years um, outside of like wall covering and all that. Um, we, we brought in some help painting, but typically what we'll do is, is we'll, we'll assign the job to them and then let them manage it with our oversight. So we don't use any of our technology for that. I would agree to that as well. Um, it's kind of funny. We, we use the term self-perform. But we self-perform, I would say, 80 plus percent of all of our work. Um, anything that is subbed, like he says, um, you know, there are contracts and things that get involved. But we do not currently use any of our systems or force them to use any systems. That's where you kind of start getting down that muddy road of, you know, with a panel discussion that was yesterday with subs versus employees. I think we use one sub. And, and that's because he used to work for us. But now it's all team, and, and so that's, that's what works for us. Um, okay, so real quick, uh, we have probably some operation managers, product, production managers out here listening. What would you say to them about like one of your last things? Of If you're going to look for technology or use it in your company in the right way, so talk to them real quick. Even if it's just one of you guys to give a piece of advice, then I want to ask you that final question. Well, I mean, I, I think the first thing is you've, you've 
got to look at yourself and see what bothers you. What's, what are you not doing well? What are you struggling with? You know, what keeps you up at night? You know, what are you doing first thing in the morning? That was kind of the first for us was, you know, when you wake up in the morning, what's the one thing that you want? And for us, it was very quick, clean access to what happened either the day prior, that night, because um, we do run some around-the-clock services. So mm -hmm. it's kind of getting that information as quick as I could get it and streamlined as much as possible to then give feedback, you know, uh, material needs, equipment needs, and that sort of thing kind of helps ease the, the initial day. Um, for us in the past, before we implemented a lot of things, it was me on the phone with the foreman at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And, you know, with, you know, at, at times could be six to eight crews, it starts to take up a lot of time just having phone conversations with the crews to see how things went, what do you need, how are, you know, how are things going. So for me, that's, that's what it was. Um, but I mean, I think everybody's a little bit different, but you've got to figure out what is your pinch point and where your pain is and, and start with that. And you're uniquely situated in your roles to see that better than anybody else in the company. So being honest with yourself. Hit about the nail that. on the head. I mean, unfortunately, that is me. I want to hear from you in the beginning and the end of the day. Um, but like I said, that's the portion that we're trying to, you know, help out this year and, and delegate out um, to get the communication back. Where I'm not, you know, it's it's tough. It's hard to let go. I want to know so much every day, and, and it's hard to let go. Mm-hmm. In operations, our number one objective is to give our field team members the best opportunity to be successful. So we got to give them the tools that they need. We got to give them the support and the communication. For us, it comes down to communication, uh, setting them up on a job where we're limiting any questions that might c come out of it, trying to solve as many problems that might arise before they ever get there. Set them up for success. Um, and if it's technology that's going to do that for you, if it's better personnel, if it's putting a guy in place that's going to build processes for you to be successful, then, then that's what you need to look at. Hmm, very nice. Okay, so if some people are thinking about bringing in production managers, operations, okay, what would you say is like a good indicator you're in a spot where you need to bring somebody on or in a spot where you can go a little bit longer and, and that's not really necessary right now? Any, any final closing thoughts on that? How do people, in other words, how do people find good people like you and when do they know it's necessary? Well, Bill may disagree. I, I still love the idea of, of someone in your, your crew that may be that person uh, that knows the painting field that is looking to get into management. Um, I know you guys hire a lot out, outsource, right? Um, for me, it's worked for the company. I, I worked with a lot of our guys. They trust me and in and, and the same, same back. So. For us, that's how our system works. It's, it's, it's actually pretty good. I mean, working with your guys, you know, they get to know you. They don't assume things that you're just that guy telling them what to do. So I, it's worked for us. But Yeah, I'd say for us, I mean, if you think you're at a point where you need to hire someone, um, it's definitely going to be more reactive than proactive, but if you're tired of your phone constantly ringing, I think that's probably a really good indicator that you need to put another level of management in there somewhere. Um, for us, a lot of it, um, I, I would say we're still pretty lean, um, but a lot of that has come from within. 
Um, you know, me personally, I started with the company part-time, went to full-time, started running work, and then worked my way up into, into the management position that I'm at now. So um, for us, like I said, we still run really lean, I think, um, when it comes to the field managing. But uh, yeah. It's a great question. It's always a hard one to answer. Um, I, I would say that, you know, a couple, a couple key things is you, you have a temperature on your field. You have a temperature of what's going on. I, I'm always watching um, our GP. I'm always watching our culture. And I think I'll, I'll discuss a little bit what Matt was alluding to on, on my opinion on this. But we've had guys come into our company that wash buckets on day one, and, and now they're like second in command in our company or, or, or very high level. So we're all about growing within the company. But a lot of people um, in this in, the, in this market that's been going on for the last eight or nine years have been so overwhelmed um, with the opportunity out there and the lack of qualified people that their best performers uh, in the field and the, and the people that are the most knowledgeable turn into their managers. And they're the best in the field, but they're not always the best manager. So we need to identify those guys as they're growing in our company and put them in a position of success. And if we take somebody that's a tremendous painter and not ever uh, had any management training or leadership skills and put them in that position, we're just setting them up for failure. So we do look outside of the industry sometimes when we're looking for people that can manage our, our team and, and people that are gonna lead our team. And we can teach you know, people about the paint industry, um, but we can't always teach people to become leaders and, and, and really good managers. I would say keep, uh, keep, keep a good eye on, on your team. When guys are really, really starting to get stressed out across the board and you have people working above their capacity, you might need to bring in another level. You, you might need to bring in an operations guy. And an operations manager is somebody that is really effective at uh, motivating and, and managing your team. Somebody that understands performance management, understands how to recognize and care about your number one asset in your company, and that's your, that's your team members. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, we'll let you go. If you guys have questions, you can talk to them a little bit. We'll have another panel discussion in here next. But Bill, Cameron, Matt, great job. Thank you so much. Very valuable. Thank you. PaintEd podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.